I absolutely love hosting our dinners. I love connecting with our members. I love hearing about how our story has inspired other people to take that leap of faith in life. Welcome back to a new season of Big Little Choices. This is Shree, and I'm so excited to bring you more stories, more inspiring choices, and more opportunities for all of us to learn about what other amazing women and mothers are doing. We really want this season to inspire you and to make a choice or choices that are right for you. If you've heard episodes from the previous season, I hope your takeaway was that you can make an unconventional choice, stay true to yourself, and still have a happy ending. In today's episode, you'll hear from Sophie Gray, mom, entrepreneur, and wine business owner. Sophie's career has taken her from being a stem cell researcher to a wine entrepreneur. Sophie and her husband James bought a mountaintop property in Sonoma County, California, and over the course of the last 10 years have worked very hard at making it a spectacular vineyard and now sell their wine under the brand name Sophie James. What I loved about Sophie's story is that getting to your passion and purpose isn't always a linear path. Sometimes we need to start somewhere else and over the course of time can find our way towards an idea or a business that really speaks to us. It's also a great perspective on what I like to call a mom's second career. Sophie chose to become a stay-at-home mom, and once she was ready to dive back in, she found ways to create a life that supported her desire to be a business owner and an involved mother. Sophie grew up in Marin County in California and trained as a competitive gymnast from an early age, and something she attributes to her ability to being disciplined and focused. She was also lucky to have incredible role models like her mom and other families in her community, which made her realize that she had the ability to do whatever she chose to. I was born in Oakland, then we moved to San Francisco, and I I spent the majority of my childhood, though, in Marin County. And from a very young age, starting in about third grade, I was a competitive gymnast. And I think 100% that really molded a huge part of my personality and made dramatic effects on who I am as a mother and an entrepreneur. I, by the age of eight, was doing about four hours a day, six days a week, and I had a wonderful coach who really believed in me and always pointed out that I was I was special and that I could do anything that I, I wanted to do. I was actually a tall gymnast, and so I didn't really have the ideal body type for it, but I think that my hard work, what I believed and what he made me believe is that my hard work could make me overcome any challenges and um, I could achieve any goal I wanted. And so I think that gymnastics really set a tone of discipline in my life. And I carried that through, you know, I went to college and was pre-med, ended up graduating in three years. And I think I just was very good at time management and believed in the power of hard work. So can you tell me a little bit more about your choice to join the pre-med track Mm -hmm. and then if that's what you ended up doing? Mm -hmm. So I went into college um, really fascinated by the world of medicine. And I also had it in me that I wanted to live a life of purpose and helping people. And naturally, as an 18-year-old, I think a lot of kids are like, well, then I'll I'll be a doctor. So um, I started the pre-med courses and really loved them and was especially interested in um, neuroscience. And my first summer after freshman year, my first major mentor came into my life and he was a pediatric radiologist at UCSF and he offered me a summer internship. 
in the Department of Radiology. And that really was the first stepping stone to really solidifying that I, I wanted to go into medicine. I was going to be pre-med. And that really started my amazing journey at UCSF that went on for years after that. Um, and that mentor is still a huge part of my life, actually. I finished the pre-med track, interned at UCSF almost every summer, and got a job right out of college there. A couple of years after college, Sophie reconnected with her high school friend and now husband, James. At this point, she was still working at UCSF as a stem cell researcher and considered her work as something that defined her. But soon, Sophie's personal and professional lives took a different path. So you did leave this job at UCSF at some point, and it sounds like it was an amazing, very impactful job. What made you quit? So when James and I reconnected, he had been living in London for years and um, had started a company over there. And, you know, we had our first date and he declared that he wanted to be a rancher. And, you know, at the time I still was working at UCSF and really loving my job. But this dream that he had of living on a ranch very soon, you know, after this became really our shared dream. And it was really something that we we bonded over was like this dream of leaving the city and moving out to the country and you know it was something that was was definitely more of an idea that we thought we'd do later in life but all of a sudden we actually found this amazing property we knew the minute that we were actually driving to the property that this this was it we hadn't even actually seen it and so we moved up there and it was clear that I wasn't going to be able to keep my job at UCSF. It was an, about an hour away and just didn't make sense. And at the time, I remember telling my, my friends and my family, I think I'm going to just take this leap of faith and leave behind my job and my career and get rid of my apartment. And I think that I'm going to move up to this mountaintop of James. And everyone was like... Sophie, you're, you're crazy. I had a few people that believed that it was the right thing, but a few people were like, you know, this is, you've worked so hard. You finished pre-med, you're going to go to medical school, you have this great job. And I had a job offer at Stanford at the time. And I knew that this was our destiny. And so I quit my job and we moved up there full time. And the house was really in disrepair. It needed a, a huge amount of work. And this next project became a chapter in my life. It completely changed everything about my identity that I knew about myself. There was months and months where I was like, wait a minute, what have I, what have I done actually? Who am I now? What is my purpose? And I don't think it was until we launched Sophie James Wine eight years later that I think I realized my purpose again. So it was many years of soul searching before I realized that, okay, I think I definitely made the right decision here by, by taking that leap of faith. So I'm lucky that I was able to come to your property and I think it's amazing, but also from what I've read and what you've said about the property, it was completely different 10 years ago or nine yeah. years ago when mm -hmm. you bought it. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear, what was it about it? Like, yeah. you know, being up on the mountain in Sonoma, like that drew you and James to this yeah. property. That's a good question. And even I'm assuming back then, there must have been something, a gut feeling, a feeling of clarity, something in you that drew you there and made you feel like you know you could quit this incredible job that you had and i think one of the things we've been talking about is identity and i think yeah. as women we often struggle with this concept of identity when we have a either you're a working mom you're a stay-at-home oh, yeah. mom there's so many different aspects to identity that i think a lot of us struggle with so i really want to go back to the mountaintop what was it that drew you to it yeah. and what gave you the courage to sort of like quit Mm -hmm. what gave you a great identity yeah. to switch over into something that you really didn't know what it was going to become. 
you know, James and I, like we say on the back of our wine label, we were really guided by our hearts. I mean, I had, um, as you said, I had a feeling inside that our future was on this property, but we didn't have a master plan. We didn't know that we were going to launch a wine company. And in fact, we would have bought the property either way. There was, we, whether there was a vineyard there or not, we were in love with this mountaintop property. And I think that it was definitely for years when People asked me while I was at UCSF, what do you do? I was very proud to tell them, you know, that I was a scientist and I, you know, all about my research and it was, it was just, um, it was easy for me to really own that. When I moved up to the property, all of a sudden, I didn't know exactly what to tell people what I did. I didn't have a normal job. Um, we were very lucky that James was, you know, financially taking care of both of us up there and, you know, really um, that kind of enabled me in many ways to take this major leap of faith. And he was a huge support and really believed in me. And he was like, Sophie, we are gonna make a life for ourselves, and we are gonna find our destiny and we're gonna make our destiny. And that really empowered me. And I was 26, he was had just turned 30. And I think that um, although it took years to kind of like find out what our new purpose was, when we moved up there, um, we all of a sudden, we became so busy with fixing up the ranch and changing to organic farming that things just started to happen very like organic. And before we knew it, we were engaged in kind of getting the property ready for our wedding. And then uh, shortly after we got married, actually we got pregnant on our honeymoon, I became a mom. And then that really helped kind of solidify that I am this new person and I didn't miss my old life whatsoever. But we were still years away from launching our wine company. So it's been quite a journey. So I want to go back to something you just said about you were lucky that James was able to financially support the both of you yeah. in a way that you could pursue this passion you had for yeah. it. I think oftentimes there is this inability to pursue a passion because of the financial implications that come with yeah. it. What I really want to hear from you is freedom that comes with having financial stability that allows you to follow your passion. Yeah. And in your case, how did that really motivate you or drive you towards yeah. working harder yeah. on the property? Number one, I wanted to feel that sense of pride and purpose in, in my own life. And I missed it. You know, I, I loved the purpose um, and, and just how proud I was uh, with my career at UCSF. And I knew I had that in me. I knew that I was, I knew I was smart. I knew that I could do anything I put my mind to, but I had to figure out what was next. And I think it was empowering to have James there because he wasn't working at the time for the first couple of years we were on the property either. So we really, we had this joint purpose of just number one, fixing up the property. I mean, it, the house needed a ton of work and a lot of it we did DIY. We we planted 400 plants in the gardens ourselves with our own hands. And, you know, this was all before we got married. So it was, um, it was a beautiful process because I think for a lot of couples, it would have really kind of broken them, but it, it brought us closer. So I want to hear more about your journey to becoming a mother. Was this something that you had in your mind early on as you were growing up as a young girl? Or was it something that you started thinking about once you and James decided to be together? I always wanted to be a mom. I'm um, one of three. And, you know, one thing I noticed at UCSF was that a lot of my female mentors, part of I think what changed my track, were 40, 45 years old and not married and no kids. And this really, I think, had a big impact. I think it definitely made me question taking that path. I'm like, am I going to end up with no kids if I 
stay on this medical career pathway. So when James and I connected, we knew that once we got married, we wanted to start uh, trying to have children right away. I don't think we were anticipating getting pregnant quite as quickly as we did, but nonetheless, we were so excited. And yeah, that was, our first daughter was July, 2013. Um, and we were married in September, 2012. By this time, James had now started his second company, he was CEO, and uh, we were living in Marin County off the property be, to be closer to friends and family that I was a mother. And did becoming a mother change any part of how you were involved with the property? I think at this point what's interesting is that there was two variables, so it's hard to know. I definitely became more involved in some ways because James now started um, another company. And by default, I started, you know, kind of stepping up with um, helping with managing the vineyard and the house and all of the projects um, that we had up there. I think that that was kind of, I would say, stage one of me becoming a little bit more involved. And so during this time, how would you say you defined your identity? Was it more about being a mother or do you think it was 100%. still about, okay. 100%, I mean, my my role at that time, so I think with any time in my life, no matter if I was doing stem cell research or preparing for a wedding or a new mom, I'm a very much so an all or nothing kind of person. So I did a deep dive into motherhood and really, I loved this time in my life. I was all about taking my daughter to different classes every day. We had a really fun schedule of, you know, music class and swim. And the ranch was definitely like number two on my list at that point. And I was really okay with that. We had spent so many years working on it, preparing, you know, fixing up the property for the wedding that I was okay to take a step back for this chapter. And so at this point, was the property a business or was it still something that was like a personal project that you were trying to fix up? Yeah, so we it was it was actually both. It was a personal project, but we did sell our grapes to Flowers Winery. So and we did for for many years before we started Sophie James. So what was nice about this is that it helped us cover some of our farming costs. And because we do farm all organically, you know, our farming costs are substantial. So this was kind of like phase one of, you know, having the property be a little bit of a business. Um, we started meeting more people that owned ranches and vineyard estates. And we noticed that the majority of families that actually keep these properties in the family, they're their working properties. And so we were selling our fruit and I was definitely helping with a lot of those meetings, but it was still very much so for pleasure and not as much for business at this point. And then so soon after you have your second daughter as well? Yes, I had my second daughter in 2015, um, just about two years later. And, you know, this was when we really realized that we we needed to make the property work more. We wanted to keep this property forever, but it was, you know, if you can imagine the money pit, the not only the house, but the property was. And, you know, at this point, James had 40 employees at his company. I had a baby and a, you know, a two and a half year old. I remember James and I kind of looking at each other and, and realizing that if we were going to make this property stay in our family and if we were going to have, you know, a life that kind of made sense for raising a family um, close to friends and, and my family and, and James running a company in San Francisco, we, we had to do something dramatic and we knew that it was launch our own wine company. And James and I had a very frank conversation that he clearly could not spearhead launching this company. He had huge responsibilities as CEO of his technology company and I just said, I'll do it. 
and I think that it was right before Christmas. It was 2016. My daughter was, you know, she just turned a year and I wrote a Christmas card to like 200 of our friends and family and said, you know, we um, are gonna launch a wine company called Sophie James and to stay tuned. And I put those 200 Christmas cards in the post and I remember dropping them in and I was like, okay, well, I really gotta do this now. I've committed. I've committed. And what's interesting, it was exactly nine months later from that day until we launched in October, 2017. And I always think about it, it's like the amount of time to grow a baby. And I really think of this company as my third baby. and. It was an incre incredibly empowering moment because I actually, I think I knew inside I could do this. I was very nervous about it, but I knew I could do it. And that the purpose in my life, I think, blossomed at that point. Which leads me to my next question, which is, what was this journey like for you where, you know, you start your career as an employee, yeah. then you choose to become a mother, and then you choose to become a woman entrepreneur? What were all of these shifts like? And was there anything in particular that made you feel more aligned with your purpose and your identity? Every one of them has led me closer to my identity now, which I'm so grateful for, because I really do feel like I felt like for years at UCSF, I was possibly cornered into a career that didn't bring out the best in me. And I think I knew that down deep, and I think that that's what gave me the courage to take that leap of faith. As a mother, I had this creative part in me, which I saw at UCSF a little bit, and I started doing a lot of photography with our daughters just for fun and really enjoying that part of it. And it's amazing now how that plays such a big role in um, Sophie James Wine, because you know social media has been a huge factor in us growing our business, and I really used Instagram a lot, whereas historically a lot of wineries haven't, and I've had fun with it, and I really, really enjoy that element of sharing this beautiful oasis and this kind of virtual vacation, and I think it's resonated with a lot of people because of that. So it sounds very glamorous, yeah. Uh, and you know, obviously the property is beautiful, pictures don't even do justice to how beautiful it is up there. But I'm assuming that, you know, and you've mentioned this earlier as well, that there's a lot of hard work that went into yeah, it. And yeah. presumably a lot of hard work goes into maintaining it, growing it, building an actual sustainable business out of it. I'm curious to hear what kinds of choices you had to make, especially after you had the girls, yeah. where you're trying to balance, you know, you said your mother is one of your role models where she was always there to pick you up after school, but at the mm -hmm. same time was the primary breadwinner of yeah. the family. I want to hear more about how do you balance this? You know, I've, I've been asking myself that question a lot recently. How am I, you know, checking in? How am I doing this? And one thing that I have really realized is that I'm doing a lot more right now than I've ever done in terms of wearing a lot of different hats. I've actually had to sacrifice a lot of what I used to have in my life. I don't have anymore, and that's okay. I used to have a lot of time for socializing with friends and going on hikes with friends. I don't do as much socializing with my peer group. I think James and I have a lot of fun now socializing with our wine club members, but I realized about a year ago that I in order to be the mom I wanted to be and to run the business that I wanted, that I needed to cut out a lot of stuff. I just didn't have time. Um, and, you know, dinner out with friends was the first thing that I realized I didn't have as much time for, but I was okay with that. It wasn't really, at the end of the day, like filling my cup per se. And now 
I absolutely love hosting our dinners. I love connecting with our members. I love hearing about how our story has inspired other people to take that leap of faith in life. And so what's incredible is that what I've had to cut out of my life, I think I, think I really kind of wanted to, to sacrifice in a way. And what I'm doing now, I do everything with intention. And there's nothing in my life that I do that I don't really want at this point. What I want to hear about is, you know, even for somebody like you, who on the surface of it seems like she's got her shit together, you know exactly what you're doing, you know how to drive this business forward. Do you still have insecurities around how either you are as a mother or as a woman entrepreneur? Yeah, I think both. I'm always wanting to be more there with my daughters. But what I, a change I made recently, which really helped was I used to try to work from home and then as I'm working kind of play blocks with the girls or work as I'm about to take them to ballet and I realized I had to absolutely stop that. When I, I come to work now three days a week, I work and I'm focused on Sophie James. The other rest of the week, I'm a mom and I'm with the girls and I'm not on my phone and I'm not doing emails and really separating the two has helped me. I think that I'll always have that mom guilt. I think it's hard, but what I know now is that what I do with Sophie James Wine makes me a happier, better human and therefore a happier, better mom. And I know that for sure. My insecurities in terms of being an entrepreneur, I feel like have been definitely helped by James. I mean, he has so, so much experience running companies. So, you know, I remember my first complete freak out moment. There was an issue with our labels and it was right before our launch. And I was like, James, it's over. It's not going to happen. He's like, Sophie, we're just, you're just having your first Wiffio moment. I'm like, Wiffio? He's like, we're fucked. It's over. It's really normal for founders. And I remember thinking like, oh, really? This is normal? And that brought me tremendous comfort. But I think one other thing, just in terms of insecurities, is that, you know, we are running a wine company and selling wine in a very different way than done historically. We use social media in a way that a lot of other wineries haven't. But what I know now is that, you know, just by the support and the reaction we've gotten from our community, there was actually a big void in the wine world. And I think that what we're doing, just very experience-based, has really resonated with people. And I think a lot of my insecurities have faded away. So I think with time, my confidence is, is building and, and it really does feel good to have that happen. One of the reasons why I was inspired by your story is because, you know, you had such a sort of dramatic shift in careers where you started as a stem cell researcher and here you are running a wine company. Mm -hmm. So is there any common thread between these two? I've always chosen things that are incredibly challenging, um, whether it be um, a very tall gymnast or taking part in stem cell research where a lot of my peers were MD, PhDs, and I was just out of college, or kind of spearheading launching a wine company. I thrive with new challenges, and I love to grow, and I love to have you know a purpose in life that brings me closer to other human beings and, and just, just having a fulfilling journey. Sophie's wine business is called Sophie James, and her Instagram page is beautiful. When I asked her how she came up with the strategy for the content, she said that she one day literally sat down and went through probably hundreds of popular Instagram pages to see what they were doing right, and picked up some of her own tactics from there. I think that pretty much sums up Sophie for me, focused, hardworking, and very clear about her vision and goals. We wrapped up our chat with some final thoughts. 
on advice that she has for other women who might be considering making a change in their personal or professional lives. Don't feel like you need to do it right away in 100%. You can have a side hustle. Sophie James Wine was very much so very part-time for many years for me, many, many years. You know, as you can see, the, the timeline, there was years and years that led up to us even even though I was working on the wine company, technically, we didn't even know we were gonna be launching a wine company. So I think that it's okay to start small and you know, grow slowly into your new role. I also think that one thing I tell myself is, you have to swing a lot and you're gonna miss a lot, but you're gonna also hit a lot of home runs if you keep swinging. There were definitely times in this journey since we bought the property where I tried to do things that didn't work out with our property. And, you know, for a while we thought that we weren't 100% sure like what we exactly wanted to do. And now, now that I look back on it, all of the work really led me to where I am um, now. And I think that I am um, just really having faith in the journey and believing in all the signals that the universe is giving you. It, it helps. I kind of wish I could have, you know, told my 27, 28 year old self you're living on the property and I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I wish I could go back and kind of tell that woman, um, you're okay, you're, you're going somewhere, even though you don't know where you're going exactly, this is all gonna take you to a good place. Thank you for listening to this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back soon with another interview. And until then, if you have any feedback or comments on the kinds of choices you want to hear more about, let me know.